Good morning, and peace be with you. I'm not going to spend a lot of time in announcements today, um, but I would like to draw your attention to a couple of visitors we have here. Sorry, guys, but you know, <laughs> this is Matt from Utah. Welcome. And Ryan uh, from Minnesota. And so say hello. Good to have you guys here. Also, another announcement that somebody's going to kind of go like that, but you know that's just my way of doing it. But a little bird told me that it was somebody's birthday yesterday, and she is out there riding on a brand new easel. Karen Wilson had a birthday yesterday. Let's wish her happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. for that impromptu. I mean, nobody should be that good, right? <laughs> and you'll notice we, we have Adair here today and her better half, Chris. Oh, that's right. I said that wrong, didn't I? Hit me, hit me right there. There it is. Okay. Chris and I were um, talking as uh, men who have evolved, and that is that 90% of the time, and I would say it's probably higher at my house, our wives are absolutely correct. And we are like Fonzie, right? Wrong. And thank God for partners. And uh, it's kind of like you get that 10% and then that one time I'm right, I play that card right there and then it's gone. But um, so who will save me from this wretched body of death? Thanks be to Jesus Christ. Always a sinner. I'm no different than anybody else. And I just uh, in need of a Savior, and so are you. Yes, ma'am. Sit and fit. Tuesday at 1 o'clock. Bring water, a towel. Wipes. <laughs> I think I'm going to miss that one. <laughs> Lightweights, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay, so there will be workout gear available at a nominal fee. Okay, very good. And it was a huge success. Yeah, 13 people, and there was frozen yogurt afterwards. Oh, I look, did you see that? You didn't even notice her. Happy birthday. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming. Have a good rest of the week. <laughs> Ed was all about that. 
Uh, he knows he hasn't heard, you haven't heard me preach yet, you poor guys. Well, let us stand and let us sing as unto the Lord. Our opening hymn is Love Divine. come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most Confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. Our what we have done, 
Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority alone, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. merciful ears be attentive to the prayers of your servants. And by your word and spirit, teach us how to pray, that our petitions may be pleasing before you. Through Jesus Christ, 
your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading is from the book of Genesis, chapter 18, verses 17 through through 33, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 25. Genesis 18, beginning with the 17th verse. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went toward Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place? for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? The Lord said, I find 50 right, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again. Now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is five less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city for the like of five people? If I find 45 there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again, Abraham spoke to him. What if only 40 are found there? He said, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he said, May the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 can be found there? He answered, 
I will not do it if I find 30 there. Abraham said, Now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found there? He said, For the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, May the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found there? He answered, For the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left, and Abraham returned home. Now we will read Psalm 138 responsively, which is printed in your bulletin. Psalm 138. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart before the gods. I will sing your praise. When I called, you answered me. You greatly emboldened me. May they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. Our epistle reading is from the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verses 6 through 19, and this can be found on page 1833. Colossians 2, beginning with verse 6. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elementary spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism, 
in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 11th chapter. Glory. The Gospel reading this morning is indeed from St. Luke, chapter 11, verses 1 through 13, and can be found in your Pew Bible on page 1613. Luke records One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. And then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, 
and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. And a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer to him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. And I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. And so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. In the name of Jesus. A big week this week and uh, lots of external uh, influences. As you remember last week, you're being pulled from all different directions. Did that happen to you this week? It did to me pulled in all different directions, feeling a little more like a Martha and less like a Mary sitting at his feet. It's more like a Martha doing things double-minded, not focusing on the task at hand. For example, um, some of you have heard that uh, our 10-year-old black lab was uh, in bad shape on Thursday night and all day Friday. And it was heartbreaking. And um, uh, she is just so important to this family, as anyone who you know, has pets would know. And, and um, you know, she means an awful lot to my almost 23-year-old son. Got her when he was 12-ish. She rescued this family from sorrow and a dark cloud that came over us when uh, our middle son passed away. She was born just two days after Graham died. So she was a gift. And I don't know about you, but part of me had a little bit of a problem praying to God for a dog. But I did. Because... I read the words of Jesus. I know the words of Jesus. You do too, and that is ask. There's not anything that is so 
small that he isn't noticed for it. And there's nothing too big for him. And, and, I, and I asked for him to help and close it with, your will be done, Father, not my will. And, and, and I'm, I am happy to report that, um, albeit it wasn't her last trip to the vet, but you know, I got an old dog. She's a little older than I am in, you know, but in dog years, but she slipped her disc. And so in this thing, you know, what do I learn from it? Well, the power of prayer, yes, um, and the comfort that comes from it, the uh, experience of my son to see uh, this beautiful creature that he loves and his heart break and in, in, in the feeling that he got, the humility and the humbleness that came upon him for knowing that he couldn't fix her. And I got another lesson from the father to this father of what it's like to, to watch your children suffer. And, and I would have done anything and still would to do anything for that boy. And the father is no different than that. In our lesson this morning, Jesus is asked a question, teach us to pray. Well, what a great source to go to. You've heard me say it countless times. Before we say the Lord's Prayer, let us pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus taught us. God gave that prayer to us. And yet some in their pride might say, well, you don't really mean it if you all say it together. No. No, he gave us that. And it matters. And it means something. How do I know? Well, God with skin on, Jesus Christ, fully man, fully God, said so. He told us how to pray. And yet, he sends a story. And why would he tell this story of uh, a man asleep, his family's all tucked in, and there's a knock on the door. And when you, <laughs> would you get up in the middle of the night to answer your door? You know? When I read that uh, and hear that, I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, that's a hard no, pal. <laughs> Nobody home. And, and I imagine the hearers at the time would go, yeah, I mean, that's kind of unreasonable. I mean, it's, it's night. It's, you know, lack of planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on mine. Has anyone ever said that? Huh? I mean, that's pretty human. And, and it's okay to think that. We're not Jesus Jr., but we are children of God. So he, he tells the story and he says, now, you know, the guy is in need and, and not because, you know, uh, uh, anything great. It's audacity and consistency and it's knocking and eventually he'll get up and give you all that you need. And I kind of take that as like, just take it and go away, right? Just here, go. But that's not the nature of God. The nature of God is to get up. The nature of God is to meet your needs. And again, he's comparing and contrasting how we would react to how God the Father reacts. And he breaks it down even more where he does that simile of if your kid is hungry, are you going to 
Are you going to give them a viper? Are you going to give them a scorpion? I mean, if you know how to give good gifts, just think how much better God's gifts are. And yet, we hear that, but do we really, does it plant? God hears your prayers. God's desire is to give you peace. God's gift to you is his Holy Spirit. God's gift to you and me was his son on that cross. God's gift is given to those who don't deserve it, but have knocked on that door. In the quiet of solitude and when you're by yourself and you're in despair, have you ever felt like, I have no right to ask for these things? Has your conscience ever said, you know, all of that assurance that you hear in church, and that's not for you. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever, have you ever had your conscience just rail on you when, when after a sin that you have committed, and it's daily, has your conscience ever raked you over the coals, over the, oh, wretched man that I am who will save me from this body of flesh? Matt from Utah, <laughs> Ryan from Minnesota, when I go like this, it's flesh. I'm talking about the skin, and this, that's the, just kind of the inside. Sorry to point you out again, but there you go. Why is this guy rubbing his fingers? It's flesh. I can't do, you can't help but sin because we are in this flesh. And the flesh is always sinning. And then the conscience says, you're not worthy. And it could put you in despair. Has it ever done that to you? That's Satan. That's Satan that is coming and trying to put a wedge between you. And he's working hard at it every day. He's working hard at it every day on me, on all pastors, and on all people who he calls his own children. Again, this week, pulled from all different directions, I was really broken-hearted yesterday evening to read of a pastor in uh, North Carolina, and I won't name him, but you can Google it. And he said, as he stepped down from his ministry, and it's a mega church, it's a big one, he's an author, he said, by all measurements that I have, by all measurements that I have for defending a defining a Christian, I am not a Christian. That's what he wrote. Here's a man that from this particular theology of glory felt, was taught to believe that it's Jesus Christ and him crucified plus me being a good person. 
plus me walking the talk, plus me trying to be more Christ-like in all of my actions. And, and he wrote books about dating and, and how he abstained from dating and, and that how he courted his wife in, in such a manner that was above board and that was, that was honoring her. And he preached purity and he preached all of these things. And, and, and here's the problem for him and for all pastors and for all followers of Christ. Do you practice what you preach? And when you don't, what happens? Well, in the, in the theology of glory, in the theology of glory, one more time, is it's Christ and Him crucified and Him resurrected plus me doing or plus me not doing. And that's not biblical. That is the preaching of a God that doesn't exist, of a nature of God that doesn't exist. The preaching and the proclamation that you hear from this church and from every Lutheran church that is accountable and preaches Christ in him, Christ, Christ in him crucified, period, for the forgiveness of sins. What does that mean? It means I don't add anything. It means that even though that I sin, and even though that I am in my conscience, and, and, and Satan is attacking me or attacking you, God already knew God already knew the shortcomings that you would have. God already knew the bad words you did or the bad behavior you did or the bad thoughts. You, whatever it is, I'm not going to make a list for you. Mine's too long and you don't want to see it. But Satan is going in there and accusing you and he did it to Luther as well and Luther has a way. And I, it's, There's a lot of things I remember from seminary, but this one, it, 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 it involves flatulence. Luther was pretty rude kind of guy. And he says, every morning Satan stands at the foot of my bed and accuses me of all these things. And when he's done, I agree with him. I am all those things. But in Christ, I am his child. And so I toot and swish him off with that. That was Luther. That's about how much he worried about it. Yeah, he was persecuted. Yeah, his conscience hurt him but then he went to Christ and him crucified and he knew that the bill was paid one of the problems that we have in the churches across America is this this false uh, theology it's it's one of the problems that Luther would say is that nobody fights the real fight that Luther called that 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 we're not defending the faith at all and one of the things that this uh, pastor was being taught at the time he was coming up and in, in preaching himself, I listened, is he wasn't preaching. He wasn't preaching Christ at all. In fact, we need to 
get to the point where um, we have to just call out this imbecilic blindness for what it is, this blindness that says that it's you and Jesus and, 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 and you have to work your salvation. Why? Well, because the churches are, are producing atheists. They're producing people that, that, that fall away from God because the standard by which they are being preached to and being ascribed to perform at is so lofty that no one can stand. And, and you know it by these kind of words like the sin sniffers and fruit inspectors. Have you ever heard that? Well, it doesn't seem to be bearing good fruit. Have you ever heard? Have you ever said that? You look, oh man, you don't seem to be producing good fruit. Well, never take a chance or miss a chance to, to twist the Bible and verses within Scripture to your own benefit. When, when it is said that you'll know them by their fruit, that isn't about the average Joe. It's not about you in the congregation or your neighbor or anything like that. It was Jesus telling them to beware of false teachers. Beware of false teachers that will come and preach a different gospel than what Paul had preached. Beware that they are wolves in sheep's clothing. Beware of that because they are not giving you a light load or, or a yoke that is easy. They're just not. And it causes people to say, I wonder if he ever was saved. I can guarantee that this pastor, after preaching and after laying there by himself, and people come, maybe, maybe people prior to that came up to him and said, how do you pull it off, pastor? I mean, what you write is truthful about how to, to be living and walking in purity. How do you pull it off? And, and maybe he gave an answer, but in the quiet of the night by himself, he was asking, how do I pull this off? How do I pull this off? He said, by all measurements that I have for defining a Christian, I am not a Christian. Did you, did you hear that? Let me ask you some questions. Does, uh, does baptism save? Well, yeah, it does. And that's, that's part of it. You could ask any of these people, these pastors mainstream, about uh, doesn't Jesus save and isn't, aren't we saved by faith alone? Christ alone, faith alone. I mean, you can ask these pastors, isn't that what it is? Isn't a man saved by faith alone, not by his works? And they would give an answer. But do you want to get into the crux of it? 
You want to ask and find out really where a person's coming from, you ask that question. Does baptism save? Does this water combined with the word and the Holy Spirit and the faith of the one receiving, does that save? And if somebody, well, these pastors, you'd be squeezing the venom out of their fangs because they won't go there. They won't say, yes, baptism saves. They'll say, no, that's a man-made construct. They'll say things like, baptism is merely a outside proclamation, a symbol outside of an inward transformation, nothing more than that. Scripturally, we know that baptism does say, we know that, that, the, that the Holy Spirit does come upon that individual. We know that it is a means of grace. We know that it does assure salvation of the one who receives it. And that's in the Bible. You want to know where it is? Come and see me. I will give you a copy of Luther's small catechism. I'll walk through you with it. Walk with you through it. It's there, folks. Baptism saves. Does the sacrament of the altar save? Does the baptism of the does the sacrament of the altar impart grace? Yes, it does. But if you were to ask these mainstream pastors, does it save? Does it impart grace? They would say no. It's a cracker or a piece of bread and it's juice. Or it's wine. And that's it. It's a symbol. No. We take Jesus at his word. He says, this is my body given for you. He didn't say, this is kind of like my body. This is only symbolic of my body. This really isn't necessary. It's just really a nice thing to do when you're eating or after you're done. Do this out of respect for me. He did not say. We take him at his word. He says, this is my blood. A new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Now, he didn't really mean that. No, he meant it. Because it's true. Well, pastor, how in the world can such things happen through just mere bread and mere wine? Well, he said so. Well, how? I don't exactly get it. There's a mystery, but he said it. And we know that he is and promises to be in and on and above and below these elements. He promises, as Paul pointed out in our scripture today, He's joined to you guys in your baptism. And Paul says, since we died a death like his, surely we will enjoy, surely we will experience a resurrection like his. That's a fact. Do you notice 
my body given for you, what part of you participates in that? My blood shed for you. What part of you participated in that? You receive it. And through this simple gift, you receive eternal life. Yeah, but I'm a sinner. Yeah, I know, I am too. Yeah, but some of my sins are really bad. Yeah, well, before time began, he knew. And he is always faithful. Even when we're not. And so, back to this pastor. He's broken. He's been broken under the weight of the yoke that others put on him and that he helped put on other people too. That is seven steps to a better prayer life. Wealth. God wants you to be rich. You just need to ask for it. Blab it and grab it. Jesus wants you to be rich. Look at me. Well, don't look at me because you, you know me. But that is not a proclamation. That's, a, that's, a, that's that wealth, theology of wealth. And no, it's not a sin to have wealth, but that isn't the point of Christ. And that is part of the theology of glory. Because the difference is the theology of the cross. Straight on at that cross, Christ crucified, period. And yet we just can't help because our flesh says, it's got to be something I have to do. Let me just finish this because I know you're ready. I am not preaching to you today that says uh, theology that go ahead and sin boldly. I hope nobody thinks that. I sin and you sin. But know that when, not if, when you slide back, that the words that we begin at the beginning of this service are not just idle words we speak together like any other words, like the Lord's Prayer or pretty soon the, the Apostles' Creed. Those words that we say together as we've sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, and things we have done and things we have left undone. And then there's this beautiful thing where we say, if, if well, more law here. If we say we are without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, right? But the antidote to that is, is if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just is quick to, to forgive our sins. And, and in the name of the Father, in the name and for his son's sake, your sins were forgiven. And you are baptized. So walk up here wet to the altar and meet Jesus because that's his real presence. This pastor will be restored. I have no doubt. But he'll be restored when he comes to accept that he has no part in his own salvation. 
He'll be restored when he realizes that everything that he needed to do has already been done by him on that cross. And if he needs this burning bush, like so many people say, oh, I need a burning bush, give me a sign, then come to the altar because it is prepared for you. He meets you. Are you happy about that? Are you ready to meet Jesus at the altar? I am too. In the name of Jesus, amen. Will you please stand? Let us now together
confess our faith to the words, not just mere words, to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at Well, if you're familiar with the news, locally, the nation, cities, the world, that's where my heart has been and where my prayer comes from. Considering all the strife, anger, and deceit of the godless and false god worshipers in our country and the world today, I thought we should begin with the prayer of King David in Psalm 5, which I've modified to be a congregational prayer. I know that David made a lifetime of incredible mistakes, but always remained faithful to our Heavenly Father, who loved him unconditionally, but not without occasional discipline. I trust that we are similar in our mistakes, solid in our faith, and confident in his love for us. So I plagiarized. Let us pray. Give ear to our words, O Lord. Consider our sighing. Listen to our cry for help my King and my God, for to you we pray. In the morning, O Lord, you hear our voices. In the morning, we lay our requests before you and wait in expectation. You're not a God who takes pleasure in evil. With you, the wicked cannot dwell. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong. You destroy those who tell lies. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men, the Lord abhors. But we, by your great mercy, will come into your house. In reverence, we will bow down toward your holy temple. Lead us, O Lord, in your righteousness because of our enemies. Make straight your way before us. Not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their heart is filled with destruction. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongue they speak deceit. Declare them guilty, O God. Let their intrigues be their downfall. Banish them for their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. Let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Amen. Lord, we know our righteousness before you only comes from the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is in his name that we pray. We pray for your church, our Christian leaders, and our congregation. We pray that our actions always glorify your name and that those whom you have appointed preach your word correctly and that we hear and follow your direction for our lives. 
We pray for the safety of those who travel, especially those in our congregational family. Please give them eyes to see and awestruck hearts to comprehend your magnificent creation and for joyful and peaceful hearts, knowing that you also created and love us. We pray for our nation's military service members, police and firefighters. We pray for their safety, goodwill towards others, honorable intentions, and their safe return home. We pray that we prevail over our nation's enemies, foreign or domestic, and that those who serve destruction and death. Lord, help our president know how to best engage those who threaten our nation and way of life, and guide our citizens to stand together as one nation under you. Please reassure us that you remain in charge and haven't abandoned us. We're surrounded by the evil chaos that we have created by turning our backs on you, Holy Father. Violence is everywhere and often directed against peaceful individuals. The daily lies and mindless decisions from our politicians, news media, and judges have shaken our confidence in the very foundation of our nation. Father, please make your presence known. We give thanks to you for answering our prayer to calm the earth and providing us a respite from earthquakes. We also pray for moderate temperatures and gentle rains throughout our nation. Father, we're sorry we whine so much. It seems we are never satisfied with all our blessings. Please don't let us wander around in discontent in our own personal desert for an entire generation while we are humbled and taught that we must follow your commands to live in peace. Please give wisdom to our younger generations that they would not stumble as we have and not fall prey to the deceit that surrounds them. We pray for your healing touch upon those who are ill or in failing health. We also praise your name and give thanks for those whom we love who have passed from life on earth to eternal life in your presence. We also give you thanks, Father, for the gift of animals who serve as our pets. They're wonderful companions, and we grieve their loss at the conclusion of their lives. We pray that you take their spirits to a joy-filled place in your realm. Thank you most especially, Father, for the gift of your Son, our eternal Savior, Jesus Christ. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace.
please stand. Pray with me. Blessed are you, the Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts. With them, we offer ourselves our service and the gift of our lives. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave. And by his glorious resurrection, he opened to us the way, the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Holy. In the night in which our Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took the bread and he he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, in much the same way after supper, Jesus took the cup And he gave thanks. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And as St. Paul has told us, as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his coming again. And now, let us pray the beautiful, perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the 
But Lord, I'm, I'm, and he says, I know. I got you covered. But, but, but Lord, he says, I know. And I am faithful. And I have loved you before time began and I will never stop loving you. That's his body, his blood does for you. If you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I heard you, then this table is prepared for you. Come and meet Christ here at the altar. You may be seated and the ushers will bring you forward.
Please stand. Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn is How Great Thou Art.